Welcome to Mefliato, a Harry Potter podcast where we fill your ears to prevent you from hearing nearby conversations. I'm Josh. And I'm Blake. And today we are the champions as we continue our journey through Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire and come now to the 12th chapter, the Triwizard Tournament. Josh, if you were sitting in that great hall and uh, you heard the announcements, you know, going on, oh no, Quidditch is cancelled. Maybe you're in the Quidditch team. That sucks. But the Triwizard Tournament, are you thinking you would put your name forward? Well, Blake, I'll, I'll tell you what, I think it would really depend on, on my age. I, I think, you know, at heart, too much of a rule follower, A, uh, and, and B, too much of a believer in Dumbledore's power to ever think I could get away with tricking yeah. the, the headmaster. Yeah, I, um, I feel like it's only Fred and George that would really like be like, no. Yeah. It's so yeah. It's, it would be so simple that like we can do it, you know, like that's right. Yeah. And, and trust Fred and George, because I feel like they, they would kind of be like, no, Dumbledore would just do something simple thinking that people yeah. will just obey him, you know, and uh, good on them <laughs> for, for trying that. But yeah, I think I would probably be like, wait, this is Dumbledore we're talking about. If he's yeah. in charge, yeah. nobody's slipping through the cracks. Yeah, that's right. So, you know, I, I think it would be great to, to, to do it, but I, I think that certainly Fred and George, but also Harry and Ron with kind of imagining that, that they'll be in it. Wishful thinking. So, so if you were over 17. <laughs> yeah, I think you- so. Okay. Yeah. 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 I feel like it has enough of a sort of reputation because clearly Fred and George, once they heard, mm. you know, the trial yeah. tournament, they were like, oh, you know, probably going to, yeah. um, you know, uh, maybe yell at the family a little bit for like hiding it from them. But yeah, mm-hmm. I, I just thought that like, I feel like if you're under, it's kind of like, why, why would you consider that? Yeah. Most of all, because you're following the rules and you're like, oh, not of age yet. Oh, that's a bummer. But then also kind of like, well, if I am 17, may as well put my name forward, right? Because it seems like it's this sort of lottery type judge system that's going to determine and yeah. uh, why not? All right. Chapter summary. Harry, Ron and Hermione arrive at the entrance hall only to be welcomed by peeves and water balloons. Professor McGonagall, however, soon sends the poltergeist away. Harry's number one fan, Colin Creevy, runs to him and tells him that his brother Dennis will be starting first year at Hogwarts. Harry wonders aloud if families are always sorted together into houses, the Weasleys being the chief example of this. Hermione reminds him, though, that the Patil sisters, even though they are twins, were separated into Ravenclaw and Gryffindor. As usual, the students wonder who will be their new Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher. They also observe that there is no one new at the staff table. Harry is excited to be present for the sorting ceremony. Due to his escapades, this is the first time he has been at the ceremony since his first year. Once the students are sorted and the feast is underway, nearly headless Nick lets it slip that this meal has been prepared by house elves. Hermione is shocked at this news and pushes away her meal in protest. Once everyone, even Ron, has had their fill, Professor Dumbledore returns to the podium for his announcements. His first notice is bad news for many. Quidditch will not be taking place this school year. At this point, with outrage at an all-time high, Dumbledore is interrupted by a wizard whose appearance distracts everyone. The headmaster, losing no time, introduces the school to its new DADA professor, Alistair Moody. Harry quickly connects this to the opaque clues he heard at the Weasleys earlier in the morning. When Dumbledore resumes his speech, he announces that this year at Hogwarts will be hosting the Triwizard Tournament. Two other schools, Beaubaton and Durmstrang, will be joining them at their school and will stay for the duration of the tournament. Everyone is thrilled with the news already before he announces the 1,000 galleon prize money. 
The final news, however, leads to more cries of outrage. He informs them that the contestants must be over 17. Fred and George, in particular, are sour at the headmaster and already begin to devise schemes to enter the tournament. Harry, if he is honest, has begun thinking of such things also. I think Dumbledore just likes to put his students on a roller coaster of emotions. Uh, I think, you know, from from going all the way uh, down, like saying Quidditch is cancelled and then, all right, we're up and down, we're up and down, you know, try with a tournament. And then all of a sudden it's like, well, no, there's restrictions now, which is, uh, you know, so they, I feel like their emotions are all over the place. Another thing that I, I noticed, Josh, because I was like, man, this we're finally, right, 12 chapters in, 12th chapter in, and we're finally sort of at Hogwarts now. But like, I was, I was thinking about the previous three books and like how we get to Hogwarts and at what chapter we kind of get to Hogwarts. And it's just interesting right. to note that like, it hasn't been since the first book that we've actually, it's taken about a third of the book to get to Hogwarts. Um, mm. If you look at sort of the, you know, where the chapters fall at least, you know, maybe not a hundred percent word count, but like, it seems like for the second and third book, it's about a quarter into it. Like there's less uh, drama yeah. and everything going on at the start of the book. Yeah. And that's more kept for at Hogwarts. And so, you know, this one being a much larger book, there's obviously a lot more Hogwarts at Hogwarts content content but because the book is bigger you still get like you know for for this we, we're not arriving to hogwarts to like a third into the book so we've got about like 24 25 chapters to go so yeah right yeah it, it's quite a lot it's just interesting because i i was thinking that i was like man we're, we're 12 chapters in that's you know over halfway uh into say the philosopher's stone right with i think 17 chapters but yeah it's just uh it's interesting how the book is is structured and because it's such a big book that she was able to have a lot more time uh, to work out that sort of beginning build uh mm. of the of the story which is which is quite cool just a just a random observation yeah, no, that's interesting. We talked before that this is um, in page count by far the longest time away from Hogwarts we've spent, but mm. I like what you've done there in in making it more, uh, I guess, a better comparison to the other books, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's cool. And Blake, another connection to that first book, which I find so interesting, is that this is Harry's first time back at a sorting <laughs> ceremony. Yeah, I know. I love it that, that, you know, J.K. Rowling mixes it up, right? And we're not yeah. always in the same sorting ceremony. So now that we're back after being, you know, the first one, it is it is kind of like an exciting thing for Harry because he's not yeah. part of the sorting ceremony. He gets to watch it, which is which is pretty nice. Yeah, normally by this time, he's already been threatened to be expelled by Snape. Yes, yes, yeah, exactly. Or his life being in danger or something like that. Yeah, so yeah, that's right. Yeah, finally, he's uh, he's able to sit down with comfort of food uh, and uh, good company. And yeah, what was it in McGonagall's office? Like a sandwich or like something like, you know, real lame. It's like, man, you're missing the feast. Like that just, yeah. that sucks. Although those those house elves, I'm sure they make some pretty good sandwiches. They, they probably make some pretty good sandwiches but let's not let hermione hear us say that no um, no never, never. Uh, yeah, or sure. or Go let's make sure that we we don't let her see us taking the the bed warmers either 
Yes, exactly. We definitely, definitely. Do. Well, good thing, you know, separate, separate dorm rooms. Separate right? dorms. So. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Although technically she is allowed in their room uh, from yeah. old yeah. customary times. Old custom. Um, yeah. So this, the stairs don't turn into slides there. <laughs> yeah. Which is a pretty, pretty cool feature of the castle. Uh, but anyway, Josh, coming into the key theme, what do, what do you think here? Well, Blake, without even uh, talking to you at the beginning, I, I was also tempted to put uh, Dumbledore's uh, master puppetry or, or Dumbledore <laughs> manipulating his students' emotions or perhaps Dumbledore's roller coaster of emotions. Uh, but I decided against that. But I, I really do think the headmaster uh, has a way with uh, his students in that in that regard. Uh, but, but the theme I, I wrote was excitement and anticipation. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and this chapter really like like a lot of uh, beginning feasts um, but but in a special way really leads us to uh, look forward to the coming of the new students to the tournament itself and to really see our Fred and George going to be able to get into the tournament. Yeah, there's a lot of fun, exciting things set up. Uh, so yeah. I think yeah. if you read this chapter, you're you're sort of relaunched into the story, right? From mm. the mm. finish of the like the mini kind of everything that went on at the Quidditch World Cup, like that story. You you know we've we're now into the Hogwarts phase, let's say the castle where we're actually there, and um you know we it's it's there's no disappointment really because we have so much. Much to look forward to even though quidditch is cancelled we're not going to get any kind of quidditch uh action although we will get um like you know harry flying um but uh we won't get the uh, the quidditch games but we will get the tasks of the triwizard tournament which are explained kind of bit by bit uh throughout this uh the book as the uh, the clues get revealed but i think excitement is such a good one because everybody in that room would be paying attention to dumbledore's words as he's you know like talking about this new tournament obviously they're very gutted when not all of them can can join because they're not of age right like that that age 17 is is i feel like that age of maturity in the uh in the wizarding society uh and so there we go so they're very excited we're very excited because we're uh, we're going to get into some pretty pretty sweet action um but looking at characters because this is a sorting we get all the new students josh mm, um and yeah. uh, you know there's not a whole lot of new students that's the interesting dynamic about hogwarts but just to to rattle the names off malcolm baddock Stuart ackley eleanor branstone Owen Coldwell, Dennis Creevy, which is obviously uh, uh, Colin Creevy's younger brother, which, you know, that you think, oh, co- there's one enough, right? One's enough of a Colin who's just bugging Harry and, and uh, you know, his biggest fan. But now there's Dennis. And uh, I, know- I love seeing Colin in the older brother role. <laughs> that is one of my favorite sub, 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 sub <laughs> plots is just how how Dennis is just equally as excited if not more uh, at everything that colin shows him and and colin for the first time in his life at hogwarts has someone who knows less than him it's just amazing yes, i love it, it it's is, so it it's is, so pure so it innocent. is so pure it's really nice relationship like you just think oh they've probably yeah. got a stellar relationship at home and yeah. uh, if anybody's going to be forming a harry potter club uh, there's the captain and the co-captain right there but uh, yeah we've got emma dobbs laura medley graham pritchard Orla, Orla Quirk, Orla Quirk, Kevin Whitby, and Natalie McDonald. And Josh, I just wanted to, to briefly mention, and this is something that I found out really interesting, but Natalie McDonald is one of, if not the only named person 
I know uh, J.K. Rowling got inspired by, you know, places, names, things like that for the characters in her book, but this is the only real life person who she named and put into her stories, Natalie McDonald. And it was a bit of a, a tribute. She was this Canadian girl who was sick. She had leukemia and she loved Harry Potter. She contacted J.K. and the publishers sort of passed that contact on. And she even like replied telling her some of the secrets of the book. But before that email arrived, she she died the day before that email arrived, which was, oh, uh, wow. which was really, really sad. But in kind of response to that, the mom, she wrote a really lovely email, you know, back to her mom and uh, which was much appreciated. And they kind of became like friends of sorts out of this real tragic thing, the, the mom of this uh, Canadian girl and, uh, and JK. So it was, it's quite an intense little, little story, but just as a tribute, she, she puts Natalie McDonald's name in the books to kind of be immortalized, especially because these books are now so popular. And and by this point, you know, they were so popular. So just a really cool little thing. And we can link the article there in the show show notes. But um, I just thought that was a a nice little sort of special touch of just that, like, you know, she did contact fans and she did like talk to them and the ones that were, you know, really, uh, you know, into it. Um, She, she loved that. And, um, but yeah, just a, a sad story that she didn't get, to, to have that response from, from JK or read it um, just because she died the day prior. So yeah, uh, the, that, that I just thought I'd mention that, but pretty cool, right? That's really cool. Like I never heard that story and um, I, it's just really touching. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. I yeah, never no, heard that. No, no problem. Sorry to then, you know, change, change tracks from just such a, a sentimental moment there. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Um, you know, we, we jump back to other characters like, you know, Mad-Eye Moody's getting introduced and, you know, there's a transition. If I've ever heard one, there's a transition, <laughs> right. And, and uh, defense against mm. the dark arts teacher or data, as I like to call it. No, yeah. um, <laughs> nice and creepy, but uh, one that. normal eye, one magic <laughs> eye, he's scarred. He's like, you know, being, beaten by war like war times almost it's just a very ominous arrival as the like the weather changes and and you know you just think okay something mysterious is happening here you know that uh, in the story it's going to be a, a, a big deal i think this might be one of my favorite interpretations of the book in in film i mm, absolutely love yes. how mad i mood i Mad Eye Moody um, enters. Is, if Mad Eye Moody like, is the uh, Moody. That's the, the, um, the, the plural. Al- it's the alternative pronunciation. Um. <laughs> I thought if there were lots of Mad Eye Moodies, that'd be called Moodies. <laughs> Moodies. <laughs> oh my goodness! Terrible. Uh, just as a, this is just a little insight, listener, into our, our recording. It happens early, early uh, Saturday morning, and sometimes Mad Eye Moody comes out. So there you go. Um, <laughs> Perfect. Well, uh, the the film interpretation. I think the whole room darkens, and yes. and like there's lightning sounds outside. Obviously, yeah. it's been raining already, and and you just see this menace of a man come through the doors, and I think he walks the entire. Does he walk the whole the whole length? I'm not quite sure. I can't remember. He might just be at the front, but he, he just looks like he's been through the wars. Absolutely. Well, I, I think costuming and, wise, he, he, you know, the movie gets that character like, right. It's so, very well yeah, done. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. And I, I just always, I can't help but read this and, and think of, of that. And, and it's just so, so, so well done. And so as, as Harry's sitting there and as he, he sees Mad-Eye come in and once Dumbledore explains who this is, 
uh, all of a sudden things begin to click for him, right? Because he's he's heard some discussion about this guy named Mad Eye Moody. He's heard some problems were going on at his house. He knows that Mr. Weasley went over there, and it's just a really interesting thing for us to see that that we've heard so much about this character without actually knowing that it was the same person. You know? Yeah. Yeah. There's a. I feel like there's a lot of mystery around Mad Eye, um, and mm. uh, you know we we hear about him before we see him and then the seeing kind of confirms some of the things that we've heard and or, or adds to that character so we're learning about the character even before we see him and then we see him we yeah. go oh and we'll we'll see more now remember this is a you know the big spoiler but this is a fake mad eye moody right now like yeah this, and this isn't the real moody and uh and so we're gonna see kind of fake mad eye moody that character develop uh, over the years, kind of like the uh, over the years, over the year, we know he's not staying for years, but uh, you know, in classroom and the things he's teaching. And, you know, we will look at that through the lens of who this character really is rather than just like, Oh, this is just a defense against the dark arts teacher. Like essentially this is a dark arts teacher um, <laughs> rather than a defense, yeah. but yeah. Well, and, and Blake, I think that's a really interesting thing for us to to ask ourselves and pay attention to is knowing what we know about the real Moody from the later books and what we've been told. Mm. Um, just how just how off is uh, Bartimius Crouch Jr.'s uh, portrayal of him? Because I go back and forth. Sometimes I think that's crazy. There's no way the real Moody would do that. And I think, Josh, Moody is crazy. Yeah. So yeah, no. I'm 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 curious. I think I think it'll be a good discussion to to see his teaching methods and and ask ourselves, <laughs> real Moody or not real Moody? Yeah, yeah. Would the real Moody do something like this? Would the real Moody draw a line somewhere? And how yeah. how would that work? So that's yeah, that's very interesting. So we'll get much more Mad Eye Moody uh, later on in this uh, in this story. Hermione Granger, man, going on hunger strike as soon as she learns that the food yeah. comes from from owls and. Uh, yeah, that's that's hard. You know, there's it's a bold call. Food. I know yeah. there's some good food at Hogwarts. I uh, I don't think I would take action like that. And I think we soon see Hermione kind of go back on that, being like, "Hunger's not the best." <laughs> you know, like food's not the best way to sort of protest yeah. this. So that plot starts developing. And uh, one of the things I'll, I'll mention mention now, but like in uh, the kind of world building side of house elves, just at the very end of this chapter, we, we get that um, mention of, you know, placing warming pads in the bed and it was probably the house elves and how much like, you know, rolling is building on this sort of hidden aspect of previous books where we don't know who does all the behind the scenes stuff. Right. Um, mm. And now that it's becoming part of the plot, this line of like the house elves doing thing around the Hogwarts, you know, castle and the common rooms like cleaning up and, and, uh, you know, clearly putting warming pads in, in the students' beds, which is awesome. How amazing would that be? Is that's all mm. part of it. And we're seeing sort of a new side of Hogwarts uncovered. And now, you know, that obviously plays directly into because Hermione is kind of this whole SPW uh, plot is, uh, is coming in. So Hermione starts that hunger strike and we'll see what chapter. I feel like it's pretty quickly, but she, uh, she stops that and goes down a different track but other than that fred and george they're plotting they want to be in the trivers of tournament they're probably the ones that are the most serious about trying to get past dumbledore's like 
age kind of limit thing that they're trying to uh, to, to break. But uh, good on them, you know, pushing the boundaries. Always a positive spin, Blake. Right? Yeah, always a positive spin. A, a for effort. A, a for effort. Yeah. No, I and I like this in the movies as well. That whole that whole them getting older thing. Like they they do that really well in the movie and yeah. uh, and start fighting, which is which is great. Um, just a a side note. You know that scene where they are fighting. They uh, the director um, because they were kind of play fighting and it wasn't as like kind of brother on brother attacking as much as the director would like. The director actually got down on the ground and started kind of fi- like fighting and, and ruffle and tumbling kind of with the uh, with them to sort oh, of show really funny. And I think he yeah. got hurt from it. I think one oh, of the no. actors, I think <laughs> one of the actors, uh, Fred or George, they uh, they might have uh, done a little bit too too much play fighting. But we'll get we'll get to that when we get to the movies. But um, yeah, those are the kind of the character developments that we see. So we we get some new new characters. We're not going to see too much of them. Maybe we'll we'll hear about Dennis a little bit later on. But um, yeah, I think the uh, uh, the the characters are, are coming. The characters are, are developing uh, quite nicely, and uh, we're going to get some some new action with Mad Eye Moody, which is pretty sweet. But world building, the biggest thing, Josh, Tri Wizard Tournament. Oh, Triwizard Tournament, the biggest thing in what seems like centuries at Hogwarts. Yeah, yeah. It seems like right off the back of the Quidditch World Cup, which would be, you know, getting a lot of people excited. Here we are with like another tournament t- type, you know, event. And, uh, but this one's just for the, uh, the the students, you know, so it's going to be pretty excited. I feel like, yes, the Quidditch Cup um, for the, the inter-house Quidditch Cup builds a lot of like house mm. morale, but like this is kind of school morale you know like you're behind yeah. your yeah. your champion your school's champion and so we hear a little bit about the rules uh, a little bit about some of the things going on um but i do i do like that uh, you know this tournament is apparently to you know a good way to strengthen ties between young witches and wizards uh, mm. from different nationalities different schools and the ones uh, you know participating in this is uh, is a bobeton and uh, Durmstrang. so we uh, we see them soon as well but yeah bit awkward that the death toll mounted so high that the tournament was uh, was cancelled and, and you know discontinued so uh, i think they've put in some safety measures yeah i mean and and really you have to ask the question like is this even the real triwizard tournament if all these safety measures are in place like is is the winner going to have that asterisk next to their name I, yeah. um, that, that kind of yeah. says you know you completed in a safe a safety one a watered down one a participation trophy yeah. tournament yeah. it's like at camps in new zealand right the yeah. uh, what's the is it osh that that you know or like <laughs> yes yeah, schools, yeah yeah you can't yeah. climb trees anymore and yeah. you can't yeah. do all this it's like you, you know all those rules it's kind of like that's been put on it and the original try was a tournament yeah. was more structured like hunger games uh, i i like that comparison and Blake, um, occupational safety and health yes, um, came in and they said, you know what? We want to make a sanitized Triwizard tournament. Yeah. Yeah. And they're just standing there with their clipboard. Oh, you can't do that. Yeah. You can't, can't do, do that. that. Yeah. That. Uh, no. So uh, there we go. But it really does make me wonder what were those tasks like? Because we do know yes. that the uh, watered down version, and we'll stop calling it that from now on. It's just a joke. Uh, we, it is still very impressive. Now, the watered down version of the Triwizard Tournament contains fire breathing dragons. It contains yes. an underwater challenge and a pretty impressive maze. So I, we really do wonder what would these challenges have been like? 
Yeah, whatever they were, I hope that they were a, a better spectator sport than we're going to see with, uh, you know, these challenges, because I think the two out of the three, they're not much of a spectator sport that we, you know, we get the dragons and the egg and the dragon, you know, in that kind of arena for that first task. Yeah. That's that's a pretty good spectator sport where you see, you know, the dragons are there and they're trying to get around them. So that's nice. But when it comes to the, uh, yeah, under the, under the lake and uh, the maze, I mean, unless we've got some kind of magical TVs or something going on, there's there's not really much to do. Yeah, Blake, I think we'll 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 have to rein ourselves in because I could talk yes. about this at yeah. no no end. This is one of my favorite topics, and I was just <laughs> thinking to myself, like Hogwarts is really missing out on a real marketing opportunity. Think of all of the people in the wizarding community who would love to come to this event, and then I thought to myself, oh wait. They probably wouldn't be upset and ask for a refund because they couldn't see anything if they were paying customers. Yeah. Yeah. You think that they would, you know, there would be families, there would be, you know, like um, uh, other people just who are big sort of sports fans or like, you know, this seems like a monumental thing. So why would yeah. a whole bunch of yeah. people want to come? So yes. Yeah. I, f- I know that you could talk a while on this, Josh, because it is, uh, you know, we have talked about this uh, before and um, yeah, we're looking forward to getting into that maybe task by task, uh, you know, comparing what, what are the marketing potentials of this task and uh, yeah. what could they have done? But well, yeah, so- yeah, what would you do? And I, I think like we're, we're underestimating the, um, the fact that that magic is not really used to aid the spectators at all. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Like some kind of like, you know how they have the, um, I don't know, just some kind of yeah, oh. magical portal type thing that can like mm. show each player, each you know champion on the big and, screen, on the know, big so screen, yeah. as they say. Or like yeah. you know, can, can you enchant a big you know billboard that magically turns into someone's view? You know, and uh, you know, so there's obviously those sorts of things that would just help the audience be more involved, especially the you know. <laughs> yeah anyway the last two we'll get to we'll get to that but um yeah it's just uh it just makes me think oh, you kind of wish that the crowd was floating over the maze so they can see where everybody is and uh, what they're facing but yeah there you go so triwizard tournament is introduced and we do hear about this sort of uh impartial judge which uh, is a bit of more foreshadowing where it's not mentioned that this impartial judge is this thing called the goblet of fire it's uh it's apparently just a judge and i think people are starting to think that hey this is just a person that's going to be judging it's not actually going to be dumbledore i think is what uh, fred and george say so a little bit of foreshadowing um there but back to kind of world building the sorting hat uh having a new song josh uh i we finally actually kind of get to to hear another song from uh, that old you know famous artist because clearly he's got a lot a lot of time to work on it yeah, that's right. It really does seem like um, he's trying to keep busy. You know, he's trying to keep things fresh and, and he's really trying to make sure that everybody at Hogwarts knows that he just doesn't sit on a shelf all year. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I seriously do think what, what else can the sorting hat do apart from that each year? Like, does he offer counsel yeah. to Dumbledore, you know, throughout the, the, the year? Like, but I mean, yeah, that's a like, good question. Yeah. It seems like the other portraits of the headmasters do that. Right. And he's got Slytherin, he's got, you know, other, um, you know, other house uh, people from different houses other than just like Gryffindor, but he's, you know, he has personal kind of help from not personal help, but I guess maybe counsel or from, you know, a Slytherin headmaster and he'd have it from like Hufflepuff and Ravenclaw potentially. And, uh, but why would he, you know, why would he need a sorting hat? Maybe just to hear about 
you know, the original founders potentially. And, and yeah, I know I was, yeah. Yeah, I was wondering about that. Yeah. But yeah, sure. anyway, so not, not sure. much there, but we get a great new song. And uh, we hear also about an aging potion that potentially Fred and George are going to use to uh, to trick this impartial judge, but things go wrong there. So we'll, will we'll, it uh, work? <laughs> we'll leave it there. Like this is a, a chapter where there aren't uh, huge uh, literary devices used other than maybe a, uh, a bit of a roller coaster like we've described. Definitely an up and down kind of a, a mini a mini novel within uh, within the the chapter, right? We have a, a problem. There's no Quidditch. We have a, a solution that there is a, a tournament coming that's better than Quidditch. And then we're left with a um, a problem right at the end that only people over 17 can enter. So kind of a, a, a plot device in this chapter, which is pretty cool. But the main mm. literary devices are are the foreshadowing that we see. And, and we see Moody drinking from his hip flask. Yeah. And then, as you've already mentioned, the impartial judge, um, we're led to believe that it will be a person, but yeah. Dumbledore has not said that. No, as you as you would, right? As soon as someone says judge, you kind of you do think yeah. person. Uh, but uh, the Goblet of Fire, which obviously the book is named after, uh, is uh, is quite interesting. And I feel like there's maybe a, a chat to be have there about Harry Potter and the Triwizard Tournament versus Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. You know, like uh, why why was it Goblet of Fire? Why wasn't it called Harry Potter and the Triwizard Tournament? Is it because that sort of you know she wanted that mystery there? But anyway, uh, significance wise, you know, obviously Harry. His first sorting ceremony since his own, which is pretty cool. He's able to be back there enjoying the good food and the, you know, all the merriment that follows that. And uh, the announcement of no interhouse Quidditch Cup. So none of that happening, but we're going to get this Triwizard tournament. And so that announcement was pretty stellar thanks for listening to today's episode to support the podcast and keep the magic alive you can leave a rating and review on apple Podcasts. you can also support us financially at www.buymeacoffee.com forward slash muffliato pod to send us questions you can do so on our instagram email or website muffliatopodcast.com to continue the adventure join us next time as we discuss the 13th chapter of harry potter and the goblet of fire mad eye moody